What is going on? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Proving Ground. As always, I'm your host, The Engineer, and once again, we were oh so close to the elusive Plus Money Sweep, two weeks in a row. It was a full Plus Money Sweep of the bets we gave out on the show, and then we had to go and do it. We had to place a bet late on the one, the only, Mackenzie Dern, Moneyline. It was a moment of weakness. My discipline abandoned me. And by the way, I don't think she lost that fight to Amanda Lemosh. To my eye, it should have been a draw. But round one was very close, so you won't catch me complaining. No issue with the decision here. One thing is for sure, it might not be pretty, but you know Mackenzie Dern is going to fight for your hard-earned bones. Coming back to dominate round three after probably fracturing her leg in round one and getting what should have been a 10-8 in round two. Well, we love Mackenzie Dern around here. So for now, we'll take our four units of profit. So we're up 20 units in the last two weeks. And most importantly, our chalk to cheese parlay cashed again. It's now two and one for the year and very much in plus money territory. And let me tell you folks, no shortage of bets this week at UFC Mexico City. I have a grand total of 13 bets locked and loaded, a new record for the show. And I can't promise there won't be one or two more that we add along the way. Will the hot streak stay hot? Or am I getting a little over my skis here? Keep an eye on your favourite fighters cardio this weekend. We're at Mexico City, folks, at Elevation. So hold on to your hats. This is going to be a wild one. This is The Proving Ground. Let's find out. In the main event, we have Brandon versus Brandon, the remix. Brandon, Assassin Baby Marino, your favourite at minus 305 with a comeback on Brandon, Raw Dog, Royval at plus 235 in the flyweight division. It's their second encounter, of course. Brandon Marino won their first dance back in 2020 with a first-round TKO of the Raw Dog. Look, was Marino winning the fight? Absolutely. But it really was an injury TKO finish, with Royval dislocating his shoulder, defending submission attacks for Marino. So, a perfectly fair win for Marino, in my mind. What's happened since then? Moreno fought Davis and Figueredo not once, not twice, not even three, but four times, going 2-1-1 one, and one over that stretch. He also beat Kai Kara France before losing his title to Pantoja in July of last year. So, safe to say Moreno has cemented his status as an all-time great in this division. Royval, meanwhile, has racked up another three wins of his own and has not lost to anyone not named Alexandra Pantoja since. I'll keep the breakdown here brief. Both gentlemen land exactly 3.8 significant strikes per minute. Both have exactly 43% striking accuracy. Both absorb between 3 to 3.5 significant strikes per minute. Are they exactly the same fighter? Not really. Marino's wrestling game is levels above Royval's, whether it be takedown defense, accuracy, or just activity. We also saw that Moreno was able to take Royval down in their first fight, and Royval does have a habit of getting taken down and controlled. Not to say that Royval doesn't score submissions of his own, he has nine on his record, and he's only been submitted once himself. Speaking of durable, Moreno has never been finished, outside of a submission loss to Pantoja in an exhibition match on The Ultimate Fighter. I fully expect this fight to be chaos. They'll be rocking each other on the feet. Moreno will be looking to score takedowns early and often. Royval will likely be unable to defend and instead will look to lock in his 10th professional win by submission after the fight finds its way to the floor. By the way, folks, I neglected to mention at the outset, we threw up a poll for the first time earlier in the week. What are you taking this weekend? Options were Moreno Moneyline, Royval Moneyline, Fight Goes Over or Other. And what were the results? 
77% sided with Marino money line. That shocked me. I favor Marino to win in this spot, but there's no value on his money line here, folks. There's a lot, and I mean a lot, of value on the Royval money line in this spot. I could just be feeling a little extra frisky this weekend, but I can't shake the feeling that this fight will be chaos, and in that chaos, Royval is live to knock Marino down and maybe even finish him. I love the price on a first-round Royval finish here, and look, I know I might be shooting for the moon, but give me Brandon Royval to win in round one at plus 1,600. And in the co-main event, we have Yair El Pantera Rodriguez, your favorite at minus 157 with a comeback on Brian T-City Ortega at plus 125 in the featherweight division. Speaking of remixes, speaking of first round injury TKO losses, here we go with the second remix of the night. Ortega suffered a gnarly first round injury loss in his first encounter with Rodriguez back in 2022. And you know what? We haven't seen him since. Ortega's had a real hard time getting in the cage lately. So the reality is we just don't know which Brian Ortega we're going to see on Saturday. Rodriguez, meanwhile, went on to beat Josh Emmett with a crazy triangle choke in Perth, Australia this time last year, earning him a title shot against the recently dethroned Alexander Volkanovsky. Poor yeah, yeah. A lot of people thought he was going to be the one to bring Volk undone, but Volk made it look easy. So let's get into the numbers. Rodriguez is obviously a very active striker who has a positive differential. The numbers don't capture this, of course, but it's the diversity of strikes, the creativity this man exudes on the feet that really sets him apart. He'll hit you with shots that even he doesn't know is coming. Just ask the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung. The creativity extends to his ground game and submission attacks also. Just ask Josh Emmett. And the numbers on T-City tell an entirely different story. 4.2 significant strikes landed per minute, similar to Yair, but here's the difference. 6.7 absorbed a very, very negative striking differential. T-City has a chin on him, a big old Jay Leno-looking, tougher-than-a-two-dollar-steak chin. Outside of the aforementioned injury TKO loss and a doctor stoppage loss against Max Holloway, T-City has not been finished. This durability can sometimes lead him into thinking that blocking punches with his face is a good idea. Look for T-City to engage on the feet, but ultimately look for him to get the fight to the ground where he'll be looking to rack up another submission win. Given that we haven't seen Ortega since 2022 and Yair has stayed active against top-level competition, give me Yair Rodriguez to win this fight. The money lines look pretty fair here, so maybe look for the fight to go long or a late finish on whichever side you're leaning to find some extra value at the window. For our official bets, we will be locking in Fight Starts Round 5 at plus 125. We will also take Fight Starts Round 3 and 4, even though they're not quite plus money spots, just so you know. And in the lightweight division, we have Daniel Zellhuber, your favourite at minus 278, with a comeback on Francisco Prado at uh, plus 215. This is a fun one, folks. Two very different, but similar prospects will be colliding here. I know some people hate the prospect versus prospect matchmaking, but I'm here for it in a big way. After dropping his UFC debut to Trey Ogden in 2022, Zellhuber has gone on to record back-to-back wins over Lando Venata and Christos Giagos. A very active striker with a positive differential and fantastic takedown defense, Zellhuber is very happy to stand and trade on the feet. Worth noting that while Daniel is clearly a finisher, 10 of his 14 wins have come inside the distance, Three of his last four fights have actually hit the cards. Prado, meanwhile, dropped his UFC debut to one Jamie Malaki this time last year. 
before scoring a first-round finish over Otman Azaitar in July. Prado has real power, and he's also a sprinter. All 12 wins by finish, with only one of those coming after the second round. An even mix of knockouts and submissions on his record, too. Look, we're in Mexico City here, folks, at Elevation. If Prado wins, it's probably by early finish. So give me Francisco Prado to win this fight. There's an edge on his money line, but given all of the above, I'll be taking Francisco Prado to win by first round finish at plus 900. And in the men's bantamweight division, we have Raul Rosas Jr., your favorite at minus 245 with a comeback on Ricky Tercios at plus 190. This fight fascinates me, folks. Sure, Rosas Jr. is still only 19 years old and came up short in the veteran test against Christian Rodriguez in April of last year, which also saw some questions being asked about his cardio. He did then bounce back with a 54-second finish of Terence Mitchell in September. Look, could I be wrong? Definitely. But I just don't see how Tercios does any damage to Rosas Jr. in this spot. I also don't see Ricky stopping the takedowns. Rosas Jr. is an incredibly physical young man, and I think that'll prove way too much for Ricky Tercios in this spot. If we dig into the numbers, which I usually lean on very, very heavily for my capping, I don't know what to tell you folks, I just don't believe them. I think we need to call Uncle Dana over at UFC HQ. Royal Rosas Jr., significant strikes landed per minute, 1.3. Ricky Tercios, 5. Sorry, I don't believe it. I'm not sure I've seen him land a single one. No point hiding my bias here, folks, and for once, I'm abandoning the numbers, ripping up my notes and going off book. If the fight goes long and uh, Raul Rosas Jr. gasses, I can see the Tai Chi stylings of Tercios being enough to grind out an ugly, controversial and ultimately baffling decision win. But it's more likely that Rosas Jr. simply flips him and puts him away early or does enough damage to hang on for an unnecessarily close decision win. I think the money line here is fair, I do see some value on an early Rosas Jr. finish here, but not enough to tempt me. So we'll sit this one out, other than potentially including the Rosas Jr. money line in this week's Chalked Cheese Parlay, which is still being cooked up as we speak. And in the strawweight division, we have your favourite, Yasmin Uruguay, at minus 530, with a comeback on the veteran Sam Hughes, plus 390. Alright folks, once again my bias is running counter to my common sense. We all love watching Yasmin Uruguay fights. But is minus 530 a fair price here in this spot against the veteran Sam Hughes? I don't think so. Yasmin had a fantastic start to her UFC career, winning that unforgettable fight against Yasmin Lucindo in 2022, before going on to finish Estela Nunes in the second round of their fight in December of that year. During 2023, we only saw Yasmin once, losing in 20 seconds to Denise Gomes in very strange circumstances. Gomes just put one on her, and Yasmin was not even able to get started. Hughes, meanwhile, just quietly, has won three of her last four fights. She does have a negative striking differential, should be looking to get this fight to the ground and control Yasmin to limit her offensive output. Yasmin, meanwhile, has a very strongly positive striking differential and pretty good takedown defense. So give me Yasmin Uruguay to win this fight. At the window, of course, the edge is on Sam Hughes, given the odds. So if you're looking to back Yasmin, look for a finish prop to juice up your returns. And in the lightweight division, we have Manuel Torres at minus 200 with the comeback on Chris Duncan at plus 160. All right, folks, get your stopwatches out. The game is afoot. 
Manuel El Loco Torres has 16 career fights. How many of those fights have even seen a second round, I hear you ask? Less than three. Less than two. It's one. Meanwhile, three of Chris Duncan's last four fights have actually gone to decision, but don't let this fool you. Those are the only three fights of his career that have hit the judges' scorecards. Duncan is a perfect 2-0 to start his UFC career, with both wins having come by decision, and you'd best believe he's looking for his first UFC finish in this spot. As for Manuel Torres, El Loco in Mexico City at Elevation, my man does not get paid by the hour, and I don't think he's looking to start a decision streak in this spot. His 2-0 to start his UFC career, with both wins coming by way of first-round finish. We're taking some controversial bets on this card, but perhaps none more so than this. The money lines are fair. The early finish and fight does not go to decision props have been juiced to the moon. Sometimes in life you have to take a stand for what you believe in, no matter how controversial, even if you're on an island by yourself with everyone calling you crazy. And that's the position we find ourselves in here, folks. Let me sell you on the fight goes to decision prop at plus 425. Manuel Torres has a chin. He has never been knocked out. His two finish losses have come by way of submission. Old Chris Duncan over here is not exactly a submission specialist. He's not out here lacing up twisters on people. And as we've covered, three of his last four fights have actually gone to decision. I think these two will be swinging like rock'em sock'em robots for the first few minutes, and there's every chance that our position gets blown up immediately. But if, my friends, and I stress if, if this fight makes it to the second round, they'll be exhausted. We're at elevation here. If somehow these two gentlemen are still standing after the first five minutes, I'll be feeling really good about the fight goes to decision prop here. So let's lock that bad boy in and pray for the best. Give me fight goes to decision at plus 425. Let's keep the controversy going. In the men's bantamweight division, we have Kristen Quinones at plus 160 with your favorite Rayoni Barcelos sitting at minus 200. I'm a big Barcelos fan. He's such a well-rounded fighter. I get it. He's closer to the finish than the start of his career. He's now lost four of his last five. He's 36 years old. He'd never been knocked out until getting absolutely sparked by Umar Nurmagomedov in January of last year. Quinones, meanwhile, has traded a win and a loss to start his UFC career with neither fight seeing a second round. Okay, did I sell you on Fight Goes to Decision with Duncan versus Torres? Didn't think so. Let me have a do over here. Let me sell you on Kristen Quinones versus Raoni Barcelos goes to decision. Prior to his latest two fights, Quinones had gone to decision in three out of his last four fights. Barcelos, meanwhile, six of his last seven, I repeat, six of his last seven fights have seen the judges' scorecards. Given the price, that's good enough for me. Give me fight goes to decision at plus 165. The money lines look fair, there's not much value to be found elsewhere, so let's cover our eyes, grit our teeth and hope for the best. An excellent strategy in this spot. Returning to the men's flyweight division, we have your favourite, Mateos Mendonca at minus 129 with the comeback on Jesus Santos Aguilar at plus 104. My man Aguilar is a finisher. Seven of his nine career wins have come inside the distance. I don't know who Aguilar offended, but his UFC debut was against none other than one Tatsuro Tyra, which saw him submitted by way of triangle armbar in the first round. Then the UFC said, whoops, my bad. He bounced back by finishing Shannon Ross in exactly 17 seconds in July of 2023. Speaking of tough introductions to the UFC, his opponent, Mateus Mendonca, faced none other than Javid Bashra to get his UFC career started in January of last year, and it did not go well. 
He was then finished in the first round by Nate Maness last time out. Not a lot of data to analyze here, folks. Give me Aguilar to win this fight, and there is a slight edge on the money line too, but not enough to tempt me. All right, folks, here we go. The people's main event, men's flyweight division, Edgar Chárez, minus 480 favorite against your underdog, Daniel De Silva, Daniel Lacerda, whatever you want to call him, the man with more names than UFC victories at plus 350. Here we go again, folks. Speaking of the remix, I'm not sure we need to break this fight down again. We all know the long-running soap opera between these two gentlemen. The no contest in the first encounter after after the referee stopped Chires from finishing a gnarly submission that was already fully locked in. Rebooked and cancelled fights. Both fighters now missing weight for this very fight on Saturday. Daniel De Silva is now zero wins from five UFC starts. I'll keep this one brief. Do I think Daniel De Silva wins this fight? No, but... Lacerda is the definition of a sprinter. Sorry, I'm using Lacerda and De Silva interchangeably here. He desperately needs a UFC win. If he gets one, it'll be via early stoppage. So give me Daniel De Silva to win via first round stoppage at plus 700. Let the madness end. And in the men's lightweight division, we have Claudio, the Prince of Peru, Poyas, at plus 170 against your favorite, Ferris Ziam, at minus 215. It's Prince of Peru fight week, ladies and gentlemen. Claudio Poyas is now 5-2 and two in his UFC career. The one time he has faced top-ranked competition, uh, his last opponent, Dan Hooker, it did not go well for him. Poyas has a very negative striking differential. He is, however, a very active grappler, landing almost one takedown every round, constantly throwing up submissions. And his opponent, Ziam, is quite a difficult stylistic matchup. Ziam has won four out of his last five fights. He's an active striker with a positive differential. His ground game is solid, and more importantly, his takedown defense is strong. Look for Ziam to keep this fight on the feet and outwork Poyas over the course of 15 minutes. So give me Fares Ziam to win this fight. All that being said, if there's an edge at the window, it is on the Poyas money line. So if you're looking to play Ziam, look for an early finish prop. And in the men's flyweight division, once again, we have the UFC debut of Ronaldo Lazy Boy Rodriguez, your favorite at minus 124, with a comeback on Dennis Bonda, plus 100. All right, we have a UFC debut on our hands here, folks. Lazy Boy's first time out. Do I have any earth-shattering insights here? Hidden gems, proprietary intel, hot scoops? Sorry, I don't. Bonda, meanwhile, has had two UFC starts and is still looking for his first win. I do think he's a better fighter than his record implies. He's also the more experienced fighter in this spot, and I think he can get it done early. At the window, there is a slight edge on the Bondar money line, but we're out here elephant hunting, folks. We have some major action on this fight too. Give me Bondar to win in round one at plus 900. And look, we might be getting greedy, but give me Bondar to win by a first round submission at plus 1300. Still in the men's flyweight division, we have... Your favourite, Felipe Dos Santos, minus 305 with the comeback on Victor Altamirano at plus 230. We'll keep this one short too. We're on a roll here, folks. Dos Santos has had one UFC start to date, losing a unanimous decision to Starboy, Manel Cup. Victor Altamirano, meanwhile, is 2-2 two and two to start his UFC career. And I have to say, I don't understand the line here. I'm not sure Felipe Dos Santos should be a minus 305 favourite against anyone, least of all over Victor Altamirano. All the value on Ulti- all the value in the spot is on Altamirano, so give me his money line at plus two thirty. 
And in the first fight of the night, in the men's featherweight division, we have the Tajikistan native, Mohamed Namov, at minus 590, with the comeback on Eric Silva at plus 420. All right, folks, we have a couple of bets on the first fight of the night too. The curtain jerker, the entree, the aperitif, the amuse-bouche, if you will. Eric the King Silva is 0-1 and one to start his UFC career, losing by a submission to TJ Brown in the third and final round of their 2022 encounter. We haven't seen him since. Look, the man's a 36-year-old bantamweight facing a legitimate prospect here in the 29-year-old Mohamed Namov, whose two UFC starts include wins over Jamie Malarkey and Nathaniel Wood. Not sure why, but I can't shake the feeling that Silva is somehow a live dog here. Do I think he wins? No. But do I like the value? Absolutely. Give me Eric Silva to win this fight at plus 420. And because it's UFC Mexico City, because we're feeling a little bit frisky, give us Eric Silva to win via first round finish at plus 1300. That's it, folks. Short and sharp this week, but 13 bets to get us started. To recap, our official bets this week under the Fearless Plus Money strategy are... Brandon Roval, first round finish, plus 1600. Rodriguez Ortega, fight starts round five at plus 125, and we will take minus money shots on fight starts round three and four as well. Prado to win by first round finish at plus 900. Torres versus Duncan, fight goes to decision at plus 425. Quinones versus Barcelos, fight goes to decision at plus 165. Daniel Da Silva, Daniel Lacerda, whatever you want to call him, by first round finish at plus 700. And Bonda, first round win and first round submission at plus 900 and plus 1300, respectively. Altamirano, money line at plus 230. And Silva, money line and first round finish at plus 420 and plus 1300, respectively. That's it for now, folks. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe on X, the underscore engineer MMA on YouTube at The Proving Ground MMA. Find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or reach me by email, engineer at theprovinggroundmma.com. Thank you very much for listening. Best of luck with your bets and let's find out.